So when we bring inquiry, for example, I'm going to go back to the gunas. When you're doing a yoga pose, you can begin to notice where are the energetic qualities in the pose. Does this pose makes you feel like you want to fall asleep and rest and slow down? Or there's a pose that really gets activated. And then the self-inquiry is like, okay, how is this pose making me feel in my body? How is this pose making me feel in my mind and my emotions? And what is this pose representing for me? What 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 is is it tying to something in, in my world? Um, and these these are I think these self-inquiry questions can really also bring you to the present moment instead of thinking like what am I going to do tomorrow and the day after and then and then then we just go off and we're holding this pose and our mind is somewhere else somewhere else mind and body are totally disconnected so self-inquiry really keeps you in that moment and I feel like when you begin to really listen to your body and understand the cues for example you are in a meeting and there's a certain topic and this topic begin you begin to feel like your chest muscles or your back muscles begin to kind of like tense up and lift up then what can you do in the meeting you can just take a deep breath and be like it's, there's no danger we can just be here we can just relax this part of our body and then we can continue being present in in the meeting you, and you can do yoga without anybody knowing that you're doing it Welcome to the Capital Integrative Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wong, and today we have a very special guest with us, Anna Pagotti. Anna is a certified yoga therapist who recently joined our practice, working with her clients to improve their physical, emotional, and spiritual health by offering a safe environment in yoga therapy. She aspires to help others reduce the symptoms of many health conditions and improve function and quality of life by building the inner strength and resilience needed to face the complexities of life. Today, Anna will be discussing the energetic qualities, or gunas, and how we can use yoga therapy to create more awareness in our lives. The gunas are the three fundamental qualities of nature, and they're believed to influence everything from our emotions to our physical health. So sit back, relax, maybe do an asana pose, and enjoy this episode on how to get the most out of our yoga and bring the lessons of our energetic qualities into our lives for a more vibrant, resilient life. Welcome, Anna, to our podcast. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. So, Anna, as a yoga therapist, we're really excited to talk to you today about yoga, what the differences between yoga, yoga therapy, and then how you use these energetic qualities called gunas to help your clients navigate their health both on and off the yoga mat. Great. So to start, can you tell our listeners a bit about what drew you to become a yoga therapist? Yeah, so... um... My yoga therapy and my yoga um, life started a little bit late in my 30s. I was never into a lot of physical activity, Um, but there were things shifting in my life, and I decided to try yoga class, and one after the other one, and they talked about yoga teacher training, so I was very curious about it, and I remember in one of my few first classes, the um, teacher said, your mind is a representation of your body and your body is a representation of your mind. And I was so frustrated in these classes because I am built on the strong side. So I couldn't do all these bendy, beautiful poses. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, that was the first moment of awareness that I felt like there's something that I can do for this and my mind is stiff as my body. Let's keep going on this path. 
So then did my 200-hour teacher training, then the 300, started teaching classes. The pandemia happened. I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do now? And it's like one of those things that the universe keeps on bringing um, pictures or information. And then yoga therapy came to my sphere and I was like okay let's let's spend the pandemia studying so that's that's how I became a yoga therapist that's so great well we're so glad you're here at CIH and offering yoga therapy to patients and clients uh let's talk about uh sort of uh the difference between yoga which I think a lot of people understand or have some popular mainstream media representation of what yoga is and and being a yoga teacher let's Mm -hmm. talk about the difference between that uh, those two, and then how do you, and what do you do to help your clients, um, you know, with, uh, as a yoga therapist too? Yeah, so yoga, and you know, there's so many yoga studios, and they're lovely, and I and I really support them, and I think it's a great way of getting started in this wellness or self-inquiry path, um, but the difference is that in yoga therapy, we focus on the person. So we start exactly where they are instead of here are the poses, let's do them and breathing is more of a breakdown and really getting the foundation and starting from there. So in yoga therapy, we look at the physical body, what is short in muscles, what is tight, what's weak, what's strong, and then we build a personalized practice from there. We also take a look at what is the energetic level. Is the person having good nights of sleep and resting? Do they feel okay at the end of the day? And then what practices can we do to kind of regulate during the day the energy? And then we also um, invite this aspect of emotions. Where are the person feeling and how are they navigating their difficulties or challenges? And then we also look at the observation. Does the person have um, this ability to really observe from, from this place of detachment what's going on and what are the practices that they can do to regulate back to a place of homeostasis or balance? And we also take a look at to see what is the person connecting with in their day-to-day. Is there a sense of joy or a sense that there's something greater than ourselves. And and then it's kind of like this fan of beautiful practices that can begin to awaken new parts of the individual and, and go from there. That's a great answer. Thank you so much, uh, Anna. You know, when you were talking, a lot of things kind of were swirling around, swirling around my mind, almost like a little chocolate frosted cupcake, (laughs) some vanilla, that kind of thing. Um, One of the things that I I was thinking about as you were speaking, as I was listening to you, is that really um, doing yoga therapy or, you know, basically trying to figure out, like you said, you know, how the body's working, how the mind is working, where the foundations are. It's almost like the foundations of a house, you know, building a house. Mm -hmm. You want to have the foundations set in place and be more solid before building the bricks, before building the Mm -hmm. windows, you know, and the roof and all this stuff and all the fancy decorations inside. I think a lot of times when we think about yoga, especially in the popular mainstream media and even even some of the the fancy, you know, places, it's kind of like the, the, you know, what do we look like externally or what are the poses Mm -hmm. or the asanas, you know? Um, who are the other people around in there, you know, mm-hmm. instead of looking inward at, you know, how's the body feeling? How's the body reacting? 
you know, to mm -hmm. these poses? How is the mind um, feeling with all this? It sounds like a really, um, I, I would say, a, a potentially a better way to start off that way. Certainly, it seems uh, more solid to me. Yeah, it created also this level of confidence to then let her begin to step into yoga classes because yoga therapy is more of a building that self-awareness so that then people, what I love to do is building that so that they can go to a yoga class and they know exactly what warrior one or two feels like in their body instead of trying to copy an image of the student in front or feeling like, oh, I can't do that movement or I can't. So it's more like, this is what I can do. This is where I am. Continue going to these yoga classes that are available at every time in many places. And then it's like working from there and building. So let's talk about um, different levels of maybe say yoga practitioners. So mm -hmm. it sounds like it would be really good. Yoga therapy would be really good for someone that's a beginner. Mm -hmm. that has never done yoga before or has done it not too much and is kind of wondering how to build those foundations. What about more intermediate or advanced level students of yoga? Um, how could they uh, utilize yoga therapy? Yeah, so um, there is, there's this thing in the yoga world that I have heard many times in which I ask when people find out that I'm a yoga therapist, they say, oh my gosh, I went to a yoga class and I got injured. Mm. So even if they're intermediate or advanced, there are certain poses and things that people might just go into. And what I can help is understand their body and the type of the body they have so that they can really get the benefits of the pose. So somebody might look beautiful, let's say a person that is really flexible and they go and they can do all these beautiful poses but it turns out that one pose might be better for them to do it from a strengthening aspect so then I can help working with that what does strength strengthening looks like what does it feel like and what are the adjustments that they can do so injuries are really helpful too when people have that kind of disconnection to their body and they just go for the pose and then ouch something happens then Let's work on that so that next time they go into the pose, they know exactly what to work. So I think uh, this is a bit personal, but I recently injured my Achilles mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it got torn. I had to have surgery on it. Mm -hmm. For someone like that, um, what kind of things can yoga therapy offer? So um, we will look at what can we strengthen around your Achilles to support the Achilles. And then we can also look at what's the range of the stretch that you can do before it goes into pain or being overstretched. And then um, just focus on those things, like really bringing support to that area of the body and then working from there. How does that uh, overlap with physical therapy for someone that's, say, recovering from an injury or maybe they have some chronic tendonitis or um, arthritis or, you know, these things, and they might be working with physical therapy also? So with yoga, we invite the breath all the time. So there are other qualities that we can use. So breathing, um, imagination is really helpful. And then just noticing where are the emotional patterns that are coming up with some of the movements. Um, like you said at the beginning, it's like building this foundation, but we might get um, a leaky roof. So we have, so the leaky roof, we have to fix it, but there might be something underneath that's also providing or um, interacting with that. And then how it's almost like seeing 
how our mind and our emotions are at play with some of the disconnection in our body. How can we integrate them? Yeah, I, I agree that breath work is really, really helpful to, uh, I think, probably make poses a bit more gradual and, and safer in mm -hmm. a way. You know, to be more mindful, the body is likely to be safer, too. Mm -hmm. um, what about PT? You know, like where there's sometimes people work with PT. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, is it possible to work with both PT and yoga therapy? Yes, of course. Yeah. So PT, they are excellent at really honing on specific movement and exercises that people can go and do at home. And if they want to add some of the yoga therapy into that, then we can work with the exercises they're already bringing and how to incorporate the mind, body, emotion, all the other aspects as they're healing. Yeah, I think a lot of times too in PT, there's the exercises, but at least I know in our practice, we have holistic PTs. Mm -hmm. um, I think in a lot of PT practices, you know, I, I, I don't know how much the breath is, you know, focused on, but certainly that's a, a good part of, you know, movement because the breath allows for, you know, good circulation and good, you know, um, I think flow in a way of, of all the muscles, tendons and organs that, mm -hmm. that you're moving when you're when you're doing a therapeutic movement. So um, let's talk about some of the specialties of, you know, what makes yoga therapy unique. So yoga is part of uh, ancient science uh, originally from India called Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yoga therapy, um, the way we practice it here is, is considered a wellness modality. It's not considered like a medical treatment or diagnosis or something like that. Mm -hmm. But we know that yoga therapy really uses, and you use in your individual practice, Anna, these um, gunas, these energetic qualities. So let's talk about what the three gunas are and um, how do you use these with clients? Yeah, so the philosophy of yoga therapy um, tells us that the whole universe is divided in two qualities or elements. So we have the quality of that everything is changing and is not infinite, and that's what they call the illusionary or the illusion. And then we have the other element, which is reality, never changes. That has to do has to do more with our self and, and our soul. So the gunas play this role in the illusionary world. So everything is changing and nothing is static. So these gunas um, help us bring into our awareness what's happening inside and outside of us, of ourselves. So the three gunas are um, sattva, which has to do with consciousness or what we call balance and peace and equanimity when we're feeling at our optimal health and everything is going well. Then we have rajas, which is activity. I like to think of it like activation, nervousness, anxiety, but it can also be a good source of um, passion and creativity and problem solving. So it's like very active. And then we have tamas, which is kind of like downward moving type of energy, it has to do with feeling grounded and still things that we need for like sleep and rest and meditation. But it can also go into depression and sluggish and feeling really ang anger and irritated about the world mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. so so i love to integrate these qualities when i'm doing yoga th therapy with my clients there's a portion of ed education 
And talking about the gunas is a great way to help them with awareness. So I often encourage them to go out and be in, and observe. How is my child coming back home from school? Is he agitated? Is there a lot of things happening that feels like it's going to explode? Or is he feeling really creative? And then how myself as the parent can interact with that, with that energy. The other one also with Thomas is, is, for example, your husband or wife coming back home and are they feeling really low and sad and how can I intervene and be with it instead of clashing? Because these energetic qualities are often changing. It's just a moment. It doesn't really represent reality. Like a passing cloud or something, right? Yes. You still have the sky there, that kind of thing? Yes. Got it. And how do we use this information with, with clients? How do we use this information to help people in yoga therapy? Yeah, so um, when my clients come to yoga, the one of, one of the beautiful things about yoga is that some people can really experience that moment of sattva, that moment of calmness. Mm-hmm. When they come and they begin to connect with their body and understand and begin to shift their language around what they feel and how they look and their responses and they get to experience a little moment of meditation and connectedness is almost like showing them that that's available and that's their experience and no matter what these other rajas tamas energetic qualities are happening around we can always come back to this place of calm or peace so in yoga therapy that's kind of kind of like the offer is here is here's this, this moment and how you feel and we can get back to it no matter what's happening outside so someone's listening out there and maybe they've been to some yoga classes and they're interested in this um can you talk about some case cases or you know people that you've worked with that you have found benefit from yoga therapy mm-hmm. so um specific to the gunas for example um People, I have had a client who will come and have this language about her interactions and be very critical and negative. So using these words, tamas, raja, sadhva, kind of diminishes the power of, of what the person is saying, and they can begin to be a little bit more objective and more outside instead of identifying with What's happening is because it's is not more. part of their language, uh, native language, that kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. and it's not part of their reality either, because it's a moment. Mm, okay. It's a moment that's coming and going. I see. So that's why the identification or the understanding of this is what lets us navigate this illusion that we live on. Mm-hmm. So in yoga, you know, in yoga therapy or in yoga in general, the idea is for the person to go beyond the illusion so once we go beyond the illusion is when we find enlightenment yeah. <laughs> and that's a big word um but we can have these little moments of enlightenment it's not like all the time enlightened but we can have little glimpses into it and then i like to bring this to our nervous system so um rajas the activation has to do the, with the fight or flight um, and then Thomas has to do with a free state. And by bringing this also 
type of education to my clients, then they can really begin to learn what regulation looks like for them. And they can come back to a moment of calmness instead of being taken by situations, emotions, what's happening around them. It, it sounds like just to go back to that, that the breath is really a key part of mm -hmm. that union of mind and body. And when doing yoga poses, I know I remember when I was doing a lot more yoga classes, they were the teacher would always say, you know, the breath is the most important part of the pose. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that statement? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Every every wise person says the same thing. And I think once you really experience what that means, you get it. Like your whole physical body and mind and soul gets it. And I do agree is the one thing that can really begin to shift a reality. It brings us to a place of um, clarity and then from there, we can make really good choices on what the next step can be. And in yoga poses, it really allows us to connect with our body. And it creates a sense of stability. And it's kind of like the chatter can go away. We can just really be present. Yeah, speaking of being present, I know that we've chatted offline in the past about how anxiety, depression, chronic stress have really been uh amplified a lot, especially during the pandemic these last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Curious what your thoughts are and your feelings are about yoga therapy and how it can help those conditions, you know, mental health. How can it uplift people? Yeah, so um, anxiety is this, I like to see it as this upward moving energy. So yoga therapy, with yoga therapy, we can really begin to pick some of the tools that can really downregulate this energy. So for example, breathing. I love one of my first breath that I like to teach is the three-part breath. And we live in a society in which we barely know how to breathe. And we think that, you know, it's very interesting when you see somebody and you tell them take a deep breath, the first thing they do is they go like this. Yes. And this is all accessory breathing muscles, the chest. The first thing when we take a breath that we should do is expand the belly. So when you say take a deep breath, it's more like and feel this fullness that can really bring all the oxygen into your lungs. And then there's this like melting action that begins to happen. Can we do that now? Do, would you yes. Yeah. Yes. Please. You ready? Yes. Okay. So we're just going to take a deep breath all the way down to the belly. And then you're going to exhale. So we're going to do it again. Breathe into your belly and allow your belly to relax and round like a big balloon. And then really exhale and let it all go. We're going to do one more. Inhale, big round belly. And release. The second part. We're going to inhale into the belly and then bring a little bit of air into your rib cage and let them expand to the sides and to the back and then let it go. One more big round belly, bring the air into your rib cage and release. And the third part, we're going to breathe into the belly, breathe into your rib cage, and lift your collarbones. And let it all go. One 
We'll do one more. Inhale, belly, ribs, lift, collarbones up, and release. So notice how you feel and what qualities of this gunas are you sensing within your body, your mind, thoughts? You know, I noticed, especially after, even on the first round, but it increasingly on the second and third rounds, I noticed that the the, the upper uh, trapezius, you know, those upper back muscles and neck muscles got looser. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like there's more flow mm-hmm. coming in. And then I, I did notice just more energy from, you know, we know that a lot of, you know, the oxygen that is stored in the lungs, it can get picked up with those deep breaths mm-hmm. the way that it can't with shallow breathing. So... Mm-hmm. I think it's almost like having a gas tank and you don't know that you're, you haven't reached, reached the entire full tank of your energy. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I was noticing that and, you know, physically feeling that, mm-hmm. um, just more energy. And then, and then mind wise, I felt lighter, you know, I felt like, you know, I, I almost felt like my mind was ascending to the sky as opposed to like down here with all the trees and soil and stuff. Although that's nice too, mm-hmm. but it was kind of simultaneously grounding and uplifting, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for sharing that. And hopefully listeners out there got some benefit. And if you want to follow along, if you didn't get that, or you want to just kind of experience it again, you can press replay and go back for that <laughs> last yes. minute here. That's great. Um, Thank you so much. Um, so that's that's one breathing uh, technique you'd like the three three part breath you said. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's say someone has a, a yoga mat um, and and is listening to this and is is doing a yoga class. You know, um, how can people get the most out of yoga in in general? Because you know, I think there's there's a lot of teachers out there. There's a lot of different types of yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, how to how can people maximize their their time um both on and off the mat i think doing yoga yeah so on the mat um i like to always tell my clients there's always an edge don't go over the edge meet the edge what's the edge in the pose in the movement what you're feeling and then just hang in there um when we go past the age that's when Injuries. Do you mean injuries the literal edge happen. as well as the mat? Well, like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, good. Like, ooh, I'm going to go over Sensation the Sensation edge. Yes. In yes. a sensation, right? When yes. we're like overstretching ourselves and there's there's a little moment of awareness in which our body really sends a message and says, if you go a little bit more, I'm going to probably overdo it. I've definitely so, felt that before, but it's a, so it's not really no pain, no gain. Is that? No. Okay. No, that no pain, no gain. We're going to erase gonna it. That myth? Yeah. We're going to erase okay. it from our vocabulary. Okay. There's always gain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more like um, yes to mindfulness more than more than like just, hey, no pain, no gain. Basically, yes. That kind yes. Of thing. Yeah. I have a teacher who says celebrate the small success. And I love that. We don't need this big flashy success to be able to celebrate so the small movement notice what happens in the first class and then the second and then the third and see how much your body begins to really adapt and follow the movement and celebrate that little movement not not the whole 
handstand. Don't, and and don't, like, it, it is don't important. It. Right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> don't worry. I won't push it too hard on that. Um, you know, I think it's also important to point out that when, when yoga teachers are, are modeling a pose or when you're looking on YouTube at a pose, I mean, these are professional yoga teachers and people that are practicing likely for years or decades often. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we don't, even that's not our goal as a, as a beginning yoga student or someone that's even intermediate or advanced, someone that's really looking at, um, really listening to internally how mm-hmm. how your body how your mind is feeling mm-hmm. and you know is is what variation is correct for you and is helpful for you and not harmful for you exactly in a lot of yoga classes when you go to the studio the teacher does give a lot of alternative movement right. for people who are not advanced so follow those yeah like there's nothing there's nothing right or wrong about being at the beginning, if you're learning, embrace it. So that's part of the yoga therapy that comes in is like, let's celebrate where you are and let's just work from there rather than what's the negative talk that sometimes we experience when we go to these places. And then maybe that's another great opportunity to bring that awareness. Oh my gosh, I'm talking to myself in this way. Wow, I have this expectation. Oh my gosh, I'm mm-hmm. competing with the person mm-hmm. next to me. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then just leaving at that. It's like creating all this observation ability without having to fix or change. It's more like getting to really know ourselves and our mind and what's going on as we're moving and breathing. So this is a rabbit hole slash semi-random question, but do you feel like it's better to in, in a yoga class to... Um, to you know, do your practice in the back of the room or, or the front of the room. <laughs> I'm just mentioning that because sometimes in the back you're just like looking at everyone else, and in the front you can maybe focus a bit more. So I think it really depends. Mm-hmm. If you by nature tend to be a competitive person, then maybe go to the front so you don't have a lot of people in front of you, and mm-hmm. you can really maybe focus on you because there's, there's not much distraction in front. And if you are a person that is introverted and has some fear of performance, then maybe go to the back of the room. Nobody's watching. And then you can do your own thing. What if you're introverted and competitive? I'm just kidding. kidding. I don't know. Maybe on the side or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe go in the middle then. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that's three choices right there. That's more than enough. Um, and then, you know, yoga is really a catapult to um, create more awareness in the mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. How, how can we create more awareness um, through yoga, you know, to uplevel our mind, body, spirit? Yeah. So one of the practices is self-inquiry. Okay. I feel like I've been talking about self, self-inquiry a lot, but I feel like self-inquiry is the best place to it's begin with point. that awareness mm-hmm. and bring curiosity with you. Curiosity will allow us to soften the edges of judgment that we have around ourselves and our experiences and our life story. So, um, so when we bring inquiry, for example, I'm going to go back to the gunas. When you're doing a yoga pose, you can begin to notice where are the energetic qualities in the pose. Does this pose makes you feel like you want to fall asleep and rest and slow down? Or there's a pose that really gets activated. And then the self-inquiry is like, okay, how is this pose making me feel in my body? How is this pose making me feel in my mind and my emotions? And what is this pose representing for me? What 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 is is it tying to something in, in my world? Um, and these these are I think these 
self-inquiry questions can really also bring you to the present moment instead of thinking like what am I going to do tomorrow and the day after and then and then we just go off and we're holding this pose and our mind is somewhere else somewhere else mind and body are totally disconnected so self-inquiry really keeps you in that moment and I feel like when you begin to really listen to your body and understand the cues for example you are in a meeting and there's a certain topic and this topic begin you begin to feel like your chest muscles or your back muscles begin to kind of like tense up and lift up mm-hmm. then what can you do in the meeting you can just take a deep breath and be like it's there's no danger we can just be here we can just relax this part of our body and then we can continue being present in in the meeting so basically we, it's time for yoga it's t- <laughs> and you can do yoga without anybody knowing that you're doing it okay okay yeah so here at CIH, we do sometimes take yoga breaks. So that, mm-hmm. that's also something we could do in our meetings. Um, just curious, Anna. So you've, you work with a lot of clients for yoga therapy. What's your kind of go-to, you know, what kind of clients you like to work with? What kind of people do you like to see? Um, what kind of conditions would be really helpful for, you know, yoga therapy? Yeah. So um, anybody that's really interested about embodiment okay. and what does embodiment mean? And how can they slow down their mind to really be present mm-hmm. with their body? Mm-hmm. Um, and these, this is the foundation for people with chronic pain or um, any other injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes when we have these injuries, it's because our mind is going so fast yeah. and into yeah. like an end goal that we forget what the body is feeling. I think that chronic pain and other chronic illnesses are really invitations friendly invitations from our body to pay more attention yes. to our lives. Yes, that too. Yeah. So having these moments of sadhva in a yoga therapy can remind the person in chronic pain that although the pain is happening, mm-hmm. we can also experience states of contentment and peace. Yeah. So the chronic pain, for example, doesn't really define the life and the quality of life a person can have. So there's different levels of, of, of consciousness, and it sounds like that chronic pain ideally would be something where, you know, it's here, but then ideally it, it passes at some point, or, or there might be at least some intermittent aspects of it where it's not always there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we know that from research that even doing mind-body practices can reduce chronic pain by up to 30%, which is pretty amazing. Yes, yes. I like to that. think that... When we get into these moments of um, stillness, our body can really get to parts of healing that probably it's busy when we're constantly stressed and thinking about what's not going okay in our life. So when we create these pockets of stillness and meditation and breathing, it's almost like the body can really get into working and I don't know if fixing, but like healing here beats and there or hormone cascade of depression or anxiety is no, can be like intermi- intermittently uh, interrupted. And, and that could be healing for the yeah. body. So chronic pain and any other conditions that you think would be helpful there for yoga therapy? Um, insomnia. Yeah. It's really good. Um, it's an epidemic now. Everyone has epidemic, sleep issues. Yeah. Anxiety, depression. Those are the people that I tend to work the most with. Um, but there are some specific conditions that we can also work with. Yeah. And in functional medicine too, one of the root causes of 
illness and imbalance is stress. And we know that a lot of stress happens from either thinking about the past or anticipating the future rather than being in that present moment. Mm -hmm. The present moment is something that sounds like yoga therapy really helps with getting people back to that. I don't know if anyone wouldn't want to live their life paying attention to their life. Yes. I mean, that seems like a great way to live. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for coming on today to talk about yoga therapy. Just for listeners and everyone listening, thank you so much for listening today. Um, what is one thing you wish everyone knew about yoga therapy? Uh, that it doesn't look the same for everybody. It's very specific to everybody, to the person, to the condition, to what's going on with the whole life. And that it's not all about handstands and pretzel twisting body like there's a space for everybody (laughs) and i'll and i'll include myself for example like i was saying at the beginning i have this kind of like strong body so for me yoga is an opportunity to really begin to relax and allow and create flow and stretch and and create more softness in my tissue but for somebody that is like very stretchy and they can do these amazing poses then they can really hone in into the strength so yoga therapy it's it just looks different yeah so you can be a buff cross crossfit athlete and do yoga therapy you could be a netflix athlete and do yoga therapy great and thank you so much and part of our mission at cih as you know is making integrative healthcare more accessible and focusing on the small steps that we can do to personally improve our health so Anna, we'd love to hear from you. This is a question we ask all of our guests uh, in this round of things. What is one thing under $20 that you feel has transformed your health personally? Yeah. Um, so I brought a book. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, education beautiful. education is it's, it's the foundation of our change in patterns and behavior. And this one is called Radiant Rest. It's Yoga Nidra for Deep Relaxation. And what I love about this book is that it has all different kinds of practices, but then it really includes this self-inquiry portion. Mm. And the questions in there are just fascinating and very provoking to really dive into what are what is our reality and what do we think about it? I think it was Socrates that said from the West that, I think it was Socrates, but a life unexamined is not a life worth living or something like that. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's something similar parallel in Ayurveda mm-hmm. where it's all about self-inquiry and the realization that happens from really going inside and going deeply inside and really understanding what the meaning of, of you know, life is and the meaning of, you know, how, how you relate to the universe and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yoga helps us do that, yoga therapy and yoga. Um and so that book is under twenty dollars. It sounds like yes, yes? It's sixteen, seventeen dollars, sixteen ninety nine. Okay, great. <laughs> that sounds great. So yes. it's called Radiant Rest Yoga Radiant Nidra Rest by Tracy Stanley. Okay, so Radiant Rest Yoga Nidra for Deep Relaxation and Awakened Clarity by Tracy Stanley. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposing you can buy that on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and things like that. Um, thank you for bringing that book. Definitely want to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna, thanks so much for coming on today. And um, how can listeners learn more about you and work with you in yoga therapy? Yeah, so I'm here at CIE on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so they can book uh, a session with me yes. in person. And if online might be a better choice, then people can reach me on my email, okay. which is yoga with Anna, two N's, P as in Peter. Okay at gmail.com you'll go with anna p at gmail.com mm-hmm. perfect 
thank you so much for coming today. Thank you. I'll see you later. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of the Capital Integrative Health Podcast. A quick reminder that the information we share in this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only. It's not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We highly recommend that you speak to a qualified healthcare provider before making any medical or healthcare decisions. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to subscribe and leave us a review. Your reviews help us reach more people and continue to offer innovative insights and information to better optimize your health and wellness.